all humans have the capacity to develop diabetes under the right or depending on how you look at things, under the wrong set of circumstances. So if there's tiny things that we can do to promote better blood glucose control now, and if that's, you know, potentially if one of those things can be sitting less and doing very simple exercises at your desk or on the train, then that's why we get excited about this. It's Women Like You, the podcast for women who hate working out but know they should. I'm Sarah. I'm a GP and I work in fertility and women's health. And I'm Gab. I'm an audio producer and journalist. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we're on today and pay our respects to their elders past and present. So you've heard about push-ups, right? You might do them against a wall or with your knees on the ground or if you're super hardcore, a full push-up in the plank position. But have you heard about soleus push-ups? There's some new and really exciting research into a new type of push-up involving only your ankle and your foot that may lead to better health outcomes. And, And when I say new, I mean this is brand new stuff we're bringing you today. Yeah, I mean... When you tell me that you can do a push-up with your ankle and your foot, that seems like a much more attractive proposition. (laughs) Yes, particularly when I tell you that you can do this sitting down. Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) All right. So it's called the soleus push-up. But let's, before we get to the actual push-up itself, Sarah, what is the soleus muscle? All right. So the soleus muscle is a muscle that's in our lower leg. It's used for standing, walking and running. Look, it's located in what we call the superficial posterior compartment of the leg, which basically means that it alongside your gastrocnemius muscle and your plantaris muscle forms what we commonly just what we commonly call the calf muscle. So it's it's part of that calf muscle at the back of your at the back of your leg. Um, it is one of 600 muscles in the body and it runs from really just below the, the back of the knee down to the heel. So posterior, just fancy fancy name for back. Um, What's really interesting about the soleus is that it has some anatomical and cellular properties that help regulate blood-borne substrates. And what we mean by that is things like blood glucose and lipids, which is not something all muscles primarily do. And uh, look, it counts for just 1% of your body weight. But as we will discuss in today's episode, it really does pack a big punch. What? Just the calf muscle? Yeah, well, not even. Part yeah, of the calf just, mu- and just one, one, one part, part of the one part of the calf muscle. Yeah. So tell me, like this new research that's that's brand spanking new. Um, what did it find out about the soleus muscle? All right. So this is uh, brand new research out of the University of Houston, and they found that by activating the soleus muscle in your calf, that you might be able to improve your metabolic health. So this is done through a movement the researchers have called the soleus push-up or the SPU. And that they've found that this simple muscle activation, when done correctly, can boost your metabolism for hours. And as as I uh, sort of alluded to before, even whilst you're sitting. What? Now, it was a study that focused on 25 men and women. And what's I think really interesting is that they were different ages, different body mass indexes, different fitness levels, and they got them to do these soleus push-ups for 270 minutes each day. Now, okay, that's obviously a very long time. (laughs) It's about four and a half hours each day. And what they were looking at was they were testing to see if this process would affect metabolism and blood glucose levels. 
I feel like we're always talking about blood glucose levels here, but it's because they are so, so important. Yeah. And the results showed a 52% improvement in blood glucose fluctuations and a 60% reduced insulin requirement over three hours after ingesting a glucose drink. So that's it, huge. It, it improved blood glucose levels and sped up the participants' metabolism. Wow. And, uh, and I think you know, something that I found really interesting was that they, they actually did biopsies of this muscle, which revealed that there was minimal glycogen contribution to fueling the soleus muscle. Glycogen is normally what, what the, the, it's the predominant type of carbohydrate that fuels muscular exercise, but this little, little muscle uses a very different process. So instead of breaking down glycogen, the soleus can use other types of fuels such as blood glucose and lipids and fats, and which is ultimately why I think this is such a, a groundbreaking study. Yeah, so that's really interesting because like if it's using minimal glycogen, is that that's obviously why, you know, like other muscles use other like other muscles use glycogen. And so when you do exercise and when you you know, when you go for a run or go for a walk, that's probably why other muscles in your body tire out after yeah, a period absolutely. of time. Yeah, because you deplete you deplete that that glycogen and then you have to then you have to refuel. You have yep. to build that glycogen. You have to deliver new glycogen and create new glycogen back in the muscles so that you can yeah, so that you can keep that exercise going. Whereas wow. this is is albeit one tiny muscle, but it's doing quite a different metabolic job. That's incredible. 270 minutes of yes. soleus push-ups. So, so what are they? What, what are soleus push-ups and how do you actually do them? Yes. Yeah, so they are a uh, they're a movement that activates that that muscle, but it activates it differently to how that muscle would perform when you're walking or standing. So how you do it is, so I want you to sit with your feet flat on the floor. Yep. Muscles relaxed. So we're not tensing anything. We're literally just resting soles of the feet on the floor. And then what you want to do is raise your heel, but keep the front of your foot on the ground. So essentially, you know, heel lift. Yep. Heel lift, toes still on the ground. And then when your heel gets to the top of its range of motion, you just want to passively release the foot back down to the ground again. So it's just a gentle heel lift to the to the top of range of motion and then passively letting the letting the heel of the foot fall back down. I'm literally doing it now. So am I. So am I. <laughs> You're aiming to simultaneously shorten the calf muscle while the soleus is naturally activated by its motor neurons. It's different from walking, which aims to minimise the amount of energy used so that you can keep walking without tiring. This uh, this soleus push-up process makes the soleus use as much energy as possible for a long duration. Right. So, so it's kind of the opposite of what your soleus muscle might be ordinarily doing alongside your other calf muscles during walking and standing. And and I mean it's it, this is a very very specific thing that the study was 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 following. So it's not something that I think we can immediately um transition to everyday everyday use, but it's still very, very interesting. Yeah, well I'm just thinking, you know, 270 minutes, four and a half hours each day of <laughs> These yeah. little soleus push-ups isn't mm. exactly uh, achievable for most of us. But, no. I mean, it's interesting you you, you mentioned, obviously, this, the study itself. There is a great little video um, that the researchers from th from the University of Houston shared, which actually shows some of these participants doing the soleus push-up. Um, 
you know, they, the participants had all kinds of wires and things oh, sort yeah. of strapped they to were, them and little gadgets and stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay. They were, they were hooked up. Yeah. And I guess the other thing, when I, you know, when I read the study as well, I was like, oh, man, four and a half hours, yeah. you know, 270 minutes. This doesn't seem particularly achievable in a real world setting. Yeah. But then I think about how many hours I'm sitting on my ass each day. Yeah. And I mean, okay, then then bring this to practical applications outside of a lab environment. Can you actually do them outside? Well, you you absolutely you absolutely can do them. Um, but I suppose it it's something that looks very simple, but potentially is a little bit more complex because you know, in in a lab setting they are really carefully isolating this very one small soleus muscle yep. kind of separately to the rest of the calves. Um, so, you know, the team at the university say, said that at the moment it's a process that does require that wearable technology to optimise the health benefits. And and I think they're in the process of working on publishing some instructions so that we can all learn to do it properly outside of a lab environment. And that video that you mentioned before, we'll, we'll pop it in the show notes so that you can have a look at how it's done there's nothing to say that you couldn't give it a crack, but don't necessarily be expecting the same results as what they achieved in the lab when they're under really strict conditions. Everything is being monitored. But, you know, a soleus push-up is going to be very safe to do and uh, and it might just be one way to increase your metabolism a little bit whilst you're spending days and hours at the desk like we all seem to do. Yeah, I mean, so you've kind of touched on this a little bit, but I guess what makes this so exciting, this particular uh, finding? Well, I think ultimately it's, you know, we, we know that we all sit a lot. It's estimated that on average we sit for approximately 10 hours per day. And that means that we're really operating at a low metabolic rate for long periods of time. Now, regardless of your level of physical activity, too much sitting has been shown to increase the risk of heart disease, diabetes, dementia, the list goes on. And if you can't avoid sitting down, then this potentially could be a way to boost your metabolism with very little effort, which this research says may improve overall metabolic regulation. How is this different from, you know, using other muscle groups or movements? And and this is where, you know, this whole discussion about oxidative metabolism comes in. The soleus push-up or the SUP promotes oxidative metabolism, which means that you are using oxygen to burn metabolites like your blood glucose or fats instead of breaking down glycogen the way that all of your other muscles utilize uh, utilize energy more, more generally. And by promoting this oxidative metabolic process, you can theoretically keep doing these soleus push-ups for much longer periods of time than you would be able to do other muscular contractions without fatiguing. You don't have the same glycogen depletion with this soleus push-up that you do with other forms of muscular activation. Well, yeah, even if you just think about push-ups, like doing doing normal push-ups with your arms. I mean, yeah. how many of those could you get through without complete glycogen depletion in those you muscles? You will fatigue. Yeah. You will fatigue really quickly. And it's quite interesting if you do, you know, sit down and, and have a have a crack at doing, you know, your own version of that, you know, heel lift, passive relaxation, soleus push-up. It does sort of feel like something that you could do many, many times without uh, without being exhausted. Yeah, and that's interesting. You know, obviously we, we keep bringing up that the participants did it for 270 minutes or four and a half hours. That You know, they did take breaks in between. They weren't just sitting there consistently for that long doing it. But, you know, I, do, I did wonder about that going, oh, my God, I don't think I'd be able to concentrate 
you know, for yes. that long and yeah, yeah. to keep it up for that long. But obviously, because it's a completely different process that this muscle is drawing on, it means that you can actually do it. And so, yeah, maybe it's not practical for if you're sitting at your desk trying to concentrate on work and you're also mm. then trying to concentrate on your... <laughs> You're yeah, as push-ups. But, you yeah, know, if you're, you're sitting you're in the middle TV. of an exam yeah. or something, you're like, hang on, one, I've <laughs> got to get to my 270 minutes. <laughs> but if you're sitting watching TV, if you're sitting reading a book, um, you know, any other, sitting having dinner, any other types of things that, that you do sitting down, you know, maybe that is a time that you could just, you know, whack a couple of, whack a couple of these in. I mean, yeah, thinking when you said it's estimated we sit for approximately 10 hours a day, I'm like, oh my God, I mean... Yeah, that's that's screams true for me. Like, yeah. if I'm doing an eight to ten hour day at work, like a really long slog, there are some days where I literally I would even forget to get up and pee. Like, yes. that's how long I'm just sitting <laughs> down. You, talking about. you and I were talking about that the other day. It's so true. <laughs> and then you do stand up and you go, "Oh my god, I need to pee <laughs> now." <laughs> but, but you know, if if you're someone who doesn't have a desk job, even just think about the the other times that you spend sitting down when you're eating when you're watching tv um you know any other activity that you do where you're just where you're just sitting it, it yeah. does add up across a day exactly if you're a passenger in a car if you're on a bus yeah. for long periods of time you know there's 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 a lot of time sitting on your back side backside 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 um obviously the giant caveat to this awesome research, the the, the soleus push-up invention, is that it does not replace exercise or physical activity. Because interesting, when you said, regardless of your level of physical activity, too much sitting has been shown to increase the risk of heart disease, diabetes, dementia, etc. Mm. Even if you're doing your 22 to 44 minutes of physical activity a day, if you're still sitting for 10 hours, yeah. it's undoing those benefits. Like there was a great quote from the same team of researchers who um, coined, I think they coined the term, um, too little exercise is not the same as too much sitting. So, oh, if you, yeah, apparently. Say that, say that again for my so, brain. So too little exercise mm-hmm. is not the same as too much sitting. Okay. So, yep. so sitting, like, even if you're doing good amounts of exercise, the sitting down portion is the thing that's going to be the problem. It's because your that's muscles are inactive and there's yeah. no metabolic process going on. Counterproductive yeah. to that, you know, 22 or 44 minutes that you might be getting each day. Exactly. Which is where this gets really exciting then because this is such a tiny little practical thing that you can do to sort of combat, even even if you are doing your 22 to 44 minutes. But as I said, yeah, giant caveat, it doesn't replace exercise or physical activity. You still need to do those minimum minutes of moderate physical activity a day and also consistent movement throughout the day is now what we're finding is so crucial. Yes. And I don't know if you remember that episode that we did on gardening a little Ooh, while ago yeah, where yeah. the gardening counts as exercise and we looked at something that's called non-exercise activity thermogenesis or NEAT, N-E-A-T. It basically means burning energy which liberates heat in a metabolic process. So NEAT includes all activity that's not deliberate exercise. So that's where your incidental exercise is really coming in. Um, There's also NEPA, which is non-exercise physical activity, and this is spontaneous activity, so not in a deliberate setting. So, for example, if you're having a bit of a dance to your favourite song but you're not in a dance class, that would be what NEPA is as opposed to NEAT, which is things like, you know, vacuuming, gardening, um, household chores, you know, any, any of that kind of stuff. Mm. So the researchers fidgeting, fidgeting, oh, fidgeting a lot, of, a lot yeah. of stuff about fidgeting and neat in the in the literature at the moment. Mm. So obviously the research is showing that consistent movement 
during the day has a profound impact on your health and body weight 20 to 30 years down the track. And that's obviously because if you are activating that metabolic process as much as you can throughout the day, keeping those muscles active, then you're absolutely going to stop things like, well, not stop, but but hopefully prevent things like, you know, metabolic metabolic conditions, metabolic mm. diseases, yeah. heart disease, metabolic, diabetes. Metabolic syndrome. Thank you. Yes, that's yeah. the doctor term. <laughs> it's like, what, what is that thing that she always says? Metabolic syndrome. Yes. Um, yeah, so if you do sit down a lot, I guess, A, try to get up and move as much as you can throughout the day, and B, maybe try the soleus push-up for when you're sitting down for long periods of time. Obviously, as the lab have said, you're not going to get the same results that they can currently um, produce because you're not surrounded by a team of experts telling you how to do stuff, how to do things properly, and you know how to. They're not measuring your your blood glucose exactly. levels and all that kind of stuff. But yes. you know, there's still benefit to it. And uh, and it's again like a lot of the stuff that we uh, that we promote on this podcast. I think that it is it is free. It is safe. Mm. So, you know, you're not going to get into any trouble by having a crack at the soleus push-ups. You know, at, at worst, you're probably going to at least improve your, uh, you know, your, your venous flow so you'll get less cankles. We go <laughs> right back to the cankles episode a few weeks <laughs> back. Um, so I don't think that there's any harm in doing this, but but ultimately, at, certainly at a research level at the moment, there's really interesting research that this teeny little muscle is doing some really interesting things when it comes to metabolism. Yeah, especially because what they found with this particular push-up or this particular process is that it's completely the opposite to how we normally use that muscle. Yep. You know, that muscle obviously is is used for everyday walking, running, you know, standing, all that kind of stuff. And we can keep doing those activities, not running, but we can keep doing most of those activities, uh, you know, without fatiguing. Um and they, but they serve a completely different purpose mm. in those and settings. They and they're utilising completely different energy sources. Yeah, but then flip it into this like sitting down, very passive, you know, completely different way of moving this muscle and all of a sudden you've got this totally different source being used um, which is then activating all these other processes. It's just – it's it's it, it is incredible. And I think mm. – I mean, I, I hope – my hope would be because obviously we do have such high rates of – metabolic syndrome, diabetes, cardiovascular disease. Um, and then obviously, you know, taking that a step further, all those things being linked to dementia yes. as well. Um, it's exciting. I mean, it, it gives me hope that future generations may, may be given the tools that we're finding out now that can really help prevent some of those things. Because, I mean, you mentioned before, we do talk about blood glucose levels a lot. Um, and there's a reason for it because like, I, I guess that the hard thing with things like diabetes is that it's hard to see. Um, it's hard to see the damage that it causes, and it's not a very obvious condition. That's right. Yeah. And I remember, I remember. And I wonder if you could kind of tap into that again. I remember you telling us on the diabetes episode that it's a legacy disease. It's something that, yeah, you you can live with without really having many issues with for quite a, for quite a long time. But down the track, it gets pretty fucking awful. Mm. And and I think what's important to to realize if you if you're listening to this and you're going yeah like this is all this is all fascinating research girls but uh <laughs> but you know I'm not diabetic there's no diabetes in my family this doesn't yeah. really affect me it's not this this isn't something that I can relate to is that all humans have the capacity to develop diabetes under under the the right or 
depending on how you look at things, under the wrong set of circumstances. So, yes, genetics plays a part, but so does physical activity. So So does, you know, body weight and BMI. So does diet. So does lifestyle. Like there's there are there are so many aspects to your to your life your lifestyle and 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 your general health that can contribute so we all have the capacity to become diabetic mm. so which which i think is also really important so that we can kind of shift the stigma that's sometimes associated with it because oh, we literally yeah. all have the capacity to become diabetic but there are things that we can do that can prevent diabetes but if we think of it as being a you know, in some ways as being a spectrum disorder rather than it being this black and white, you know, you are diabetic or you are not, um, any improvements that we can get in metabolism, any improvements that we can get in insulin sensitivity, any improvements that we can get in in glucose control and, and blood sugar levels will also reduce our future risk of cardiovascular disease and dementia. So even if we never get to the diabetic stage, all of, all of these little factors add up. So if there's tiny things that we can do to to promote better blood glucose control now, um, and if that's you know potentially if one of those things can be you know sitting less and doing very simple exercises at your desk or on the train, then you know that's that's why we get excited about this. Mm. It, we do sound like giant nerds, but it is exciting. Oh. It's easy. It's easy. Like, you know, you and I were literally doing it as you were describing how to do the process. It's not, you're not clenching, you're not tensing, you're not doing any, you know, kind of any other, like the, the, the types of movements that you would, might normally associate with any kind of muscle work or strength training. It's just just, like tapping along to a song or something. It's just just sitting there raising your, raising your heel and putting it back down again. Um, Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. You know, one of the things I think about when thinking about sitting at my desk doing these little exercises is I don't know how I'm going to be able to concentrate on my work whilst also concentrating on my little heel lifts. And obviously at the the same time, you know, like obviously it becomes, what's the word, you know, it becomes second nature. Like you're not- Yeah, it just becomes automatic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But do you think it's something that you'll be able to do during consults? Maybe not during. Maybe I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe not during consults, but definitely you know post consult when I'm writing up notes. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Would you give hmm. it a go? Give it a go next week. See how you go. I will. <laughs> we'll come back next week. And be like I didn't. Do and a I'll single go. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> oh, so good. It was so funny. But yeah. Look, you you will uh, if you you know if you're on. Uh, oh gosh, <laughs> I'm scared to say the word Twitter at the moment as uh, as we watch. What do you it mean? <laughs> collapse and crumble into a, a fiery along with hole. American democracy. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but if you're on if you're on science Twitter, um, which is just regular Twitter, but if you follow some good science uh, some good science profiles, um, or if you're kind of reading, I guess the um, the general scientific. Um, journalistic literature out there. That's just you, Sarah. You're the only one one doing that. This paper is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone got very excited about it. Mm. It's awesome. Um, Total sidebar chat Mm. now that we've we've done calf, these little kind of soleus push-ups. Yeah. Exercise. I just oh, need yeah. to I just exercise real talk. So obviously, you know, last couple of weeks for you and I have been a bit hit and miss and we've you know, been trying to get back into it. And I've been doing really well, you know, getting a lot of walking in. Yeah, good. Even a couple of rides on the stationary bike. But I, <laughs> I got on the bike on Monday afternoon and I just popped on like I'm I'm much of the last couple of episodes of um 
Only Murders in the Building. Oh, yeah. Popped on an episode. And they're not long episodes, you know, they're only like half an hour ish. Like, like riding along, watching, you know, loving the show, watching this episode, feeling okay. But then, like, oh, I was just like, oh, God, I feel like shit. This is so tiring. I'm so exhausted. My husband walked into the room and I, I always turn the clock on the bike away from me so I can't. Oh, yeah. So you're I, not doing the, the, the total countdown. Yeah, yeah. Looking, looking at the clock. So I had it away from me. So I paused the show and I was like, oh, can you just tell me, like, if I'm, like, close to 22 minutes yet? Like, um, this is this feels like shit. And he was like, <laughs> I'm yeah. literally pedaling uphill. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, yeah, um, you're at 13 minutes. So, you know, like, a couple more minutes to go. I was like, oh, this is why this is a podcast for women who hate working out, but no, they should. <laughs> yes, because you are the woman who currently, and nah, let's face it, we've always hated it, um, but but you're getting it done. You are Slowly. getting it done. Yeah, that's fine. Isn't that what, we've, what, what we keep coming back to time and time again? You don't have to do it perfectly. You don't have to do it, you know, Absolutely, consistently, you can have days off, you can have breaks, you can have good days or bad days, but, Mm. you know, you get what you repeat and what you are doing through this pregnancy is pretty remarkable and and you should be, I'm, I mean, I'm exceedingly proud of how you've approached the the physical side of your, of your pregnancy because it's, you know, it's not easy getting the motivation to exercise at the best of times. But you are still finding something. You are digging deep and finding the capacity to do some exercise when you're seven months pregnant. Oh, like a like a hippo hauling myself onto the <laughs> onto the bike. You know, I have to ride. Like, have you ever seen when old men ride ride bikes in the street? They kind of ride with their knees out. I think I assume oh, yeah, it's yeah. to protect their <laughs> nuts. <laughs> I'm like riding with my knees out wide because the stomach is just getting bigger and bigger. Oh, but, so exciting. <laughs> but, but yeah, the only thing I am consistent with at this point, is consistently not liking exercise. Well, well done. <laughs> we get anyway. <laughs> Nothing is <fake> consistent. <laughs> the Women Like You podcast is produced by me, Gab Burke, and music is by Hamish Cavallari. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter at womenlikeyoupodcast.com. I'm Sarah. And I'm Gab. And yeah, happy sitting at your desk doing soleus push-ups this week. Yeah, well, why not? At best, you could completely overhaul your whole metabolism. <laughs> at, at worst, worst you, look, you look a bit you know, strange. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You're not going to hurt yourself, so have a crack. I, uh, when, you were, when you were talking about, um, about cycling or at-home stationary cycling, my husband and I bought some, uh, some e-bikes before we moved up to, uh, up to the mountains. Um, and we, we went for, for a decent ride yesterday, and I appreciate everyone who's listening now is going, yeah, e-bikes don't count as exercise. I'm like, agreed. They, they definitely don't when you are um, just you know, cruising downhill or you're just sort of cruising around flat areas. You know, these are not um, world-class e-bikes. These are pretty entry-level, so yeah. they, they only EU so far. <laughs> um, but we, uh, yeah, we we went basically four four towns down the hill and had some lunch, and then pedaled back up. And I was like, yeah, I'm definitely counting this. So was, I think it was a 55 minute ride back up. Um, and I was very, very grateful for that. Uh, I was going to say little, um, that little push that the my uh, electrical my, boost that the bike gives yeah, you. My electrical boost, indeed. Um, 
but uh, yeah. not yeah. There's no no tour de Francing here. We don't need to be you know. We don't oh, need those giant no. thigh muscles to you know get our bike up a oh, no, giant hill over and over again. Because that was you know it's a it was an increase of three hundred and something um, meters elevation. Holy shit. Uh, so it's like a thousand foot in elevation over the course of twelve or fifteen k's or something. So it's it is up. There's no way that I would be able to ride a regular pushy up. <laughs> the blue mountains nor should um, you nor no. should you but uh yeah so we've both been we've both been cycling this week that counts oh it all counts everything counts all right i love you i love you too talk next week well boy bye bye boy boy bye bye